Hello, everyone. Welcome to Conversations from the C-Suite. We are getting ready to have another powerful conversation. So you know what we do. It is time for you to share this out to your network. So I encourage you, you know, we like to invoke the power of three. Share this out with at least three of your friends or to at least three of your groups because this is a powerful conversation and I don't want to be talking by myself. So we need to invite someone to the broadcast. So we're going to take a few minutes to do what we do best and that is invite someone to the conversation. So tap into the power of three, get your favorite beverage. I've got I've got a, a a green tea mixture tonight. I decided to be all good because I ate a little bit too much over the weekend. So I'm trying to be good tonight. But anyway, get your favorite beverage and we will be ready to have another evening of powerful conversations from the C-suite. So I'm going to take a few minutes to invite some people myself. So I want you to hang tight and invite Well, welcome everyone to Conversations from the C-Suite, the girlfriend's guide to being the CEO. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, CEO of C-Suite Women's Network, where I help women and a few good men to be the CEOs of their lives. Being the CEO of your life means that you are developing strategies to achieve the results you desire in your business, your life, and beyond. You know, every woman needs to be the CEO of her life. She needs to have a seat at the table. Because here's the great thing. When a woman has a seat at the table, she makes room for others. Conversations from the C-Suite is a power-packed hour that provides women a platform to share their business and career experiences. Because we know that life doesn't end when we leave the office. We want to make sure that we elevate our mindsets and compel each other to take actions because CEOs don't just wait for great things to happen. They make great things happen. 
And you know, the C-suite is where the decisions are made. And every company has a C-suite and you have a C-suite yourself. It is where you make the decisions to create the life you desire and deserve. And of course, as a CEO, the chief executive officer, executive is not in there by default, it is there by design. As the CEO of your life, you are the one who gets to make the decisions upon the direction, come up with the ideas, develop the strategy, and build great teams to execute the goals. You know, being a CEO, you can find yourself in three places. You may be a CEO on the rise. You're just getting started. You're thinking about this CEO of your, of your life thing, and you just need to know where to get started. You may be a CEO on the move. You've been at this CEO game for a while, but you're ready to take it to the next level. You need to, to connect with others to help you to really get your CEO stride on. And then you may be a CEO. You have been doing it. You have been excelling. But you know that being a CEO is not a plateau. It is a place of elevation. So conversations from the C-suite is the girlfriend's guide to the C-suite. It's where women and a few good men have powerful conversations about real things that matter to real women who are ready to enter the C-suite of their life. And here in the C-suite, we want to equip you to make those CEO moves. We want you to feel something, learn something, but most of all, girl, you got to do something. Making those CEO moves means that you are creating your circles of influence. You are educating and empowering yourself for elevation. And most of all, you are operationalizing what you learn to optimize your outcome. So this is indeed a conversation. So please share your comments. Please ask questions. But most of all, please make sure you feel something, learn something, and then do something. Whether you report to a CEO or are the CEO of your own business, you are always the CEO of your life. So let's talk about strategies that help you to capitalize on your most powerful asset, the power of choice. You have the power to create an extraordinary outcome in your business and your life. So are you ready? Are you ready to enter the C-suite? Are you ready to have a great conversation to help you make CEO moves? Well, I am glad that you are because you are in the right place. So tonight, we're going to focus on putting your purse where it will have power. We're continuing our financial series where we've been helping CEOs to make those money moves. Now, you've heard the saying, it's bad luck to put your purse on the floor. But let's be real. Putting your purse on the floor is not what's wrecking your finances. It's putting your purse on that retail counter or sitting in next to your desk while you shopping online. We need to have a candid discussion about our money fears, those money myths, and those bad habits that are making our bank accounts in the red. It is time to overcome shopping addictions and extreme retail therapy. Because if you really want to make CEO moves, you've got to be a real CFO and shut down the financial foolery. 
So tonight, we are going to have a great conversation around achieving purse power. Now, I didn't come up with that all by myself. I came up with that because of the powerhouse CEO that I am about to bring to the virtual stage. I am so excited that we have in the lobby none other than Jennifer Harris. She is known as the woman with the Midas touch. Everything she touches turns into a legacy. A true advocate, Jennifer has devoted her life to creating financial freedom for Black women around the globe. After achieving explosive success in her own right as a residential real estate mogul, she knew that she could not leave her sisters behind. So she founded Buy It and Flip It Woman, an investment consultancy which turns everyday women into real estate moguls. But she didn't stop there, y'all. She is the CEO of Purse Power Network. She has ignited a worldwide movement for Black women to step, step into their destiny of wealth. Her soon-to-be-released book and blockbuster documentary, The Black Woman's Declaration of Independence, will be the beacon call for Black women everywhere to rise to new heights, seizing the economic power that is theirs to claim. She continues to pat, play, pat, I can't even talk. I'm so excited about her getting here. She continues to pave the path to financial freedom with her introduction to the Black Woman's Traders Academy, where she teaches Black women her exclusive blueprint to building an investment portfolio that'll make Bar Warren Buffett swoon. So without any further ado, I want to bring to the virtual stage, none other than my girl, Jennifer Harris. Hey! Hey! How are you? I am doing well. I was like, who, who was she describing? Who was she? <laughs> Look, I know see. I know, I know. I you know what we I just need we just need to move to the same. I scene. know, I know. I had so much fun. I know we were just at a conference together in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah. We were there for Success Women's Conference where we were taking it vertical, hanging out with Lisa Nichols and everything, you know. <laughs> but we had a really great time and we always have a great time when we're together. And I'm so excited to have you on the show tonight to help us get our purse power in check. So for those of you who are new and for those of you who have been here before, you know how we get it started. I always start with the who, the what, and the why. So you've heard a little bit about who you are and what you do, but I want you to tell me who is Jennifer Harris? What do you do? And why do you make CEO moves? Well, so who is Jennifer Harris? Well, I am a country girl from North Carolina. <laughs> and um, I just, you know, just love life. And I actually born and raised right in Raleigh area, Raleigh Wake Forest area. Um, I grew up, my mother was a school teacher and my dad was a veteran. So I had the best parents in the world. Um, and I actually just grew up in a, in a household where, you know, education was important because mama said, you better get them good grades. Mm -hmm. so go to school, you know, get this job. And my dad actually just instilled in me a lot of um, just pretty much independence as a woman, especially as a black 
a you know a little black girl growing up in the country. He wanted to be me to be very independent. Yes. So I'm just a woman that um, you know try and pursue the goals and dreams and. Um, I'm a business owner, real estate. I've been doing real estate a little over close to 15 years now. And I used to be a network engineer, which I hated, by the way. <laughs> I love the people that I work with, but my mother wanted me to uh, go into the engineering field. So I did that. And then I jumped into real estate when a lot of jobs got shipped overseas. And um, I just decided to make, you know, pretty much power CEO moves because I'm a hundred percent responsible for my own income. Yeah. So I had to do something or either I was going to be landing out with some family members on the street. <laughs> yeah. So you made those money moves and uh, you know, I, she, we're going to get more into her story in a little bit, but I'll tell you, Jennifer is truly a power powerhouse, powerful woman, and just a great person to be around. We've, as I shared, we've had the opportunity to hang out together this past weekend and uh, you are going to really enjoy learning from her. Because that's one thing we love about having conversations. We just chit chat, but you're learning some good stuff while <laughs> you're doing it. So, you know, uh, it's funny that, you know, your mom wanted you to be an engineer. My dad wanted me to be an engineer. And I went to Mississippi State to mm -hmm. major in chemical engineering. Mm. And I quickly realized, mm -mm, this ain't for me. No, ma'am. But, you know, a lot of times we will begin making those money moves based on the influence of our parents because they want us to get a good job. And, you know, my dad's rationale, much like your mom's was, well, you know, engineers make good money. You'll be able to always make good money. And but it's so important to get into something that you love. So that as you're making that money, you are also fulfilling your purpose. That's right. So you mentioned, you know, that you, you know, initially were in engineering and then kind of when as a downturn, I guess, in that industry, you decided to get into real estate. I mean, how did you do that? I mean, you know, you said you're 100 percent responsible for your in, for your own income. Mm -hmm. So how do you how did you even get started? You know, what were some of the, the challenges you faced and then how did you overcome them to get to where you are now? Well, well, one, one of the biggest challenges I made in, um, when it comes, it comes to real estate, I mean, not actually real estate, I would say engineering is that a lot of, there were, there were no hardly any women, mm -hmm. let alone African-American or black women. Mm -hmm. um, and I found myself just pretty much lost. Like, I don't really, I'm not really feeling this. It wasn't, you know, they didn't give you that warm and fuzzy feeling or they always would feel like, you know, you're kind of like the secretary. Uh -huh. and really ticked me off. <laughs> um, you know, when you're answering the, the, you know, the call for working on somebody's network that's worth millions and millions and millions of dollars, mm -hmm. but they still paid you about 70% of what the men would make. Mm -hmm. You know, and, but you still had to do the same studying, you still had to do the same hours. And, and it was engineering was the sexy thing to do at the time, but, it started to be where a lot of jobs got shipped overseas mm -hmm. so because companies were looking to downsize or they were looking to what they call right size or bring on people as contractors, which some of my friends still do that to this day mm -hmm. um, overseas. And I found like, you know what? I started to see the writing on the wall when I would come in. Now, number one step, they put me on weekend nights. Mm. Yeah. 
How are you gonna be a single woman working weekend? <laughs> catch a man like that, right? <laughs> we be on call at eight o'clock. You had to be there eight, on call during the week, yeah. and then you had to go in at eight p.m. on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to mm -hmm. eight a.m. And I saw how that affected so many, mm -hmm. not just myself. Yeah, but I saw how it affected so many other family. Like that's that's just, I mean, how you gonna spend time with your kids if you have them or your marriage? So engineering was one of those things that it was glorified, but mm -hmm. it really was not all cracked up what it should be, mm -hmm. and is to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you made those CEO moves, came up with your plan, and made your transition. So, you know, why did you pick real estate? Of all the things you could have done, why did you pick real estate? Well, I picked real estate because in my hometown in Raleigh, we used to have these parade of homes where we would get in the car. You know, this was long before HGTV was even. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like parade of homes. It was it was like once a year for like three weekends. Mm -hmm. And you these homes that were in magazines and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, just the fact of even knowing that somebody even lives in a house like that. Right. And then I started thinking, hold on, but somebody had to have built the house yeah. and somebody had to have sold the house. Right. So I was in this company. I actually, um, my, my mother used to do uh, sell insurance growing mm -hmm. up. So mm -hmm. she always was dreaming. And I would put these pictures on the, you know, the, uh, the, the the refrigerator oh. I heard this type of house and oh, I would go look at these particular houses but then when I got to be like 18 19 years old I got into this company called Amway probably yeah. Amway right uh-huh everybody's probably been in Amway yes one <laughs> thing Amway taught me how to do is to dream mm -hmm. and I never thought that I would be now selling those dream homes mm -hmm. from creator homes that were there like when I was 19 years old. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do something that I love. I knew that it put a smile on people's face. Mm -hmm. And it was the only profession I know, Stephanie, that it doesn't matter if you're a woman. It doesn't matter if you're a man. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're white. It doesn't matter if you're black. Mm -hmm. At the closing table, you all made the same. Yep. Got that green. That's right. That is right. Same amount. Right. Right. And, you know, and I, and I love how, you know, basically you turned, you know, something you saw as a little kid into now your real estate empire. I mean, because you've taken it beyond just selling homes. Mm -hmm. you, know, you teach other women how to create real estate empires for themselves. And, you know, and that's something that's really important in, in being a CEO of your life is, you know, to, to have this idea, to have this dream. And then turn it into something and build it and, and 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 help it to grow. So, you know, and I and I love how you know you uh, found that you know in real estate everybody has parity. You know, at the at the closing table, you know, you were able to find a way to where you know you got all of the fruits of your hard work, and it wasn't going to be dependent upon your gender or your race. Right. It's, it's what you got. Exactly, because I had. Um for seven, eight, you know, pretty much, yeah, seven, eight years being an engineer, I just wanted something that I could be appreciated. Mm -hmm. um, number one, that I could be helping other people, not just sitting behind the computer and not there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, I'm thankful for my counselor back when I was in college. I went to NC State University 
And my counselor at the time, I never forget her. She told me, she says, um, you need to go into business management mm-hmm. and just major in marketing and computers. And I never understood why she told me that. Yeah. But I appreciate she was a white woman. Uh-huh. That told me that. So I appreciate her telling me that because it has longevity uh-huh. versus just doing something that I did not, you know, want to do. Yeah. So doing in, in real estate, I, I jumped all in, you know, tried to learn as much as I could. Still yeah. to this day, I have a great, you know, awesome real estate coach that mm-hmm. coached me. And I find that once I really took the lid off of, you know, my imagination as far as what I thought real estate was about or um, just helping other people. And when I did my, I sold my first house, like listing like a week, mm-hmm. you know, this was like 15 years ago uh-huh. long before the Zillow, the Trulia and all of that. Yeah. And being rookie of the year, my first year in, in real estate really showed me that, hey, the sky's the limit. Yeah, and you could do it. And one of the things that I hope y'all really picked up on, you know, one of the the, the C and CEO moves is creating circles of influence. Mm-hmm. And I hope you heard what she talked about is, you know, she had a someone who didn't look like her, didn't, you know, wasn't necessarily somebody she grew up with, but but saw something in her and connected her to opportunities and and you know, that's something that we have to be willing to do right? to listen, first of all, and listen and learn and be curious and, you know, really create those circles of influence where we are able to connect to people who have experiences beyond what we've experienced. Because like you, my mom, my both my parents were uh, educators. Mm. So, you know, growing up, all I saw were educators. And so, you know, that's probably where I would have ended up. But I was very fortunate that my aunt Demetria lived in Columbus, Georgia. She was a pharmacist and her husband uh, was a um, a physician. So oh, wow. when I would go to visit them, I would get to see people doing things other than education. I was like, oh my gosh, there's all these other things out here. That was right. one of my majors. I mean, I changed my major eight times. So <laughs> <and> <laughs> I had a little difficulty choosing, but <laughs> that's the uh, importance of creating those circles of in, some influence. So I didn't just put that C in the CEO mood just because I thought it was cute. It's because that's how we truly make those CEO moves when we're able to connect and listen and then learn how to apply it for ourselves. That's so amazing. so you, you get into real estate, mm-hmm. become rookie of the year. And that launches you to where you are now as not only an awesome real estate agent, but someone who's truly built a real estate empire and who has made a seat at the table for others. So y'all, she went and found the house, put a table in the house, and now <laughs> she has invited others to come sit at the table. So tell us a little bit about the, the was it Flip It, uh, your, your, um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, buy it and flip it, woman. Yeah, a woman. So, yeah, yes. Yeah, so I actually wanted to create. Um, now I tell you, women are the fastest growing demographic when it comes to houses. Mm-hmm. So especially from houses, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, when it comes to to black women, uh-huh. and on top of that, women have no longer sat around and waited mm-hmm. for men to, you know wait for the man to buy the house or wait for the man to, you know, cause we're a lot of women are corporate or they, you know, 
they sit here and get married. If they do have a house, when they get married, they just use that one as an investment and then get one with their husband or Mm -hmm. spouse. So Mm -hmm. the lid has been taken off when it comes to the mindset about real estate. Mm -hmm. But I thought about um, just pretty much flipping houses or flipping land Mm -hmm. because of the fact that I saw the growth in the area that we have. And of course, everybody's coming into town now, you know, trying to help people flip property and, and those type of things, which is it's it's kind of gotten like a cliche now. Oh, I want to flip a house. Mm-hmm. But it's something that um, even Warren Buffett, when he decided to invest in a real estate company, I was like, OK, that is the big key when it comes to building wealth. Mm-hmm. Not only just, you know, holding property for right. the rental property, investment property, because I believe every woman should have at least one investment property mm-hmm. you never know when you're going to need that nest egg yeah or something that you can sell later but also when it comes to women and real estate and and flipping the property it actually gives you the power mm-hmm. to create wealth and 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 leverage yourself right. versus right. you know putting all your eggs in one basket and we need right. multiple streams as women yes Because it's so funny you talk about, you know, that every woman should have one investment, uh, at least one investment property. Because, you know, I recently divorced, been divorced for two years now, of course, just renting right now. But my goal is in two years. And I keep saying that, putting it out there so so people can hold me accountable. I'm putting it out there into the universe. I'm attracting that energy and doing what I need to do to to actually be able to accomplish it. But, you know, I've always said that in two years I want to buy a home and I want it to be a home that I live in, you know, just because I I want I want a nice home. And then when I marry, it will be either I will have it turned into a rental property That's or right. so so see that look at that, Jennifer. I'm That's on the right, right. Yeah, I'm on the right track. That's right. <laughs> and I believe it's gonna happen less than two years. All right, I I, I received that. I received so two that. years or less. Yes, or less than two that. years. That's right. And, uh, you know, because it's so funny, I was coming back from coming back from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, coming back into Atlanta on Friday. Friday no, 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 no. On Sunday, I went to visit my son. Anyway, sorry. But I was coming back into Atlanta from Tuscaloosa mm-hmm. and coming through uh, just a neighborhood. And along the neighborhood, along this street, there were all, it was kind of a blighted neighborhood. It wasn't, a, wasn't the fanciest, but there were a lot of beautiful homes that were just in bad and disrepair. Mm. And as I was going down that road, I kept saying to myself, what I would love to do and what I want to position myself to do is to one day come back and buy up these homes. Exactly. Buy up the block. Renovate them and turn this into a beautiful neighborhood because it was a right. beautiful neighborhood. You could tell that it was, but it just That's kind right. of face uh, some disrepair so with your um you know with helping other women to to learn mm-hmm. you know, this business or learning how to create investment properties for themselves you know how did you do that and how were you able to mobilize other women in 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 helping them along that way well i tell women to start small i mean you don't have to start with this big now it depends on your location and area of course mm-hmm. There's some houses that are like in California, by chance, you can buy 10 houses, you know, in North Carolina for what the cost of some of those are. But I tell women to start small, but don't feel defeated if they don't have all the cash or don't have always the credit. Mm -hmm. Because I also put together these real estate pools where you can go in and together, you Mm -hmm. know, set up a, you know, if it's a corporation or however they decide to do it and they purchase properties together. 
and get their start that way, leverage that property so they can go on and move to other property. But start small, you know, don't try and jump out there in something that, you know, is so big because they can start with a townhome. They can start Mm -hmm. with a piece of land that they end up putting a house on, you know, building a house on and then selling it later because that's pretty big right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, they can also start with maybe how to effectively utilize, you know, with proper risk management, talking to their CPA, how to effectively utilize um, some of our investors, Mm -hmm. actually loan them the money Mm -hmm. and also, you know, their 401k. So I help women do that as well. Okay. So, you know, just, you have to start somewhere and, you know, every empire begins with a small start and then it gets a chance to grow. Right. I know you have moved on or, you know, one of your progressions, I should say, not necessarily moved on, but now you have the Purse Power Network. Mm-hmm. Tell us about this Purse Power Network, because girl, my purse, I know need, it need a little bit more power than what it's got right now. <laughs> oh, my purse needs a whole lot more power. Yes, yes. After this past weekend with um with Lisa Nichols, right? I know. <laughs> my my mind has been turned. As a matter of fact, I've been thinking about it. But anyway, I, I get off t- get off tangent. Anyway, I have to actually apologize to God because I said I have been playing way too small, but I also was a little bit, I think a little bit fearful to put some things out there because sometimes once you put it out there, you're like, okay, now I got to do the work. Yeah. And when Purse Power Network came about is that I wanted truly in my heart to help women stop being marginalized like I was Mm -hmm. as an engineer or Mm -hmm. stop being, you know, some somewhat fearful of having their own money because my dad always taught me to number one be independent Mm -hmm. he taught me at age of 15 he took me to get my first car stephanie my first car at 15 sat down with me about how to negotiate the contract now i was probably primed for doing real estate anyway yeah (laughs) how to negotiate the contract how to ask for what i wanted how to get something on my own terms Mm -hmm. and i had a car payment that was helping me build up good credit mm-hmm. you know, at the age of 15, you know, 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And I actually made the car payment, mm-hmm. but they paid the insurance. Mm-hmm. Now, I was in the 10th grade and I hated, I, I never understood that. Like, why are you guys like, you know, everybody else. Ain't you, ain't you supposed to pay for this for me? Ain't yes. You, yes. <laughs> yes. And it was a stick shift. Learn on a stick shift, and I could never understand that why. But he said one thing to me that has always stuck by me. My dad said, "No daughter of mine would ever have to depend on getting stuck with a man mm-hmm. or stuck like on the side of the road." Yeah, and I never understood that till later on. Mm-hmm. So I always take that to heart when my dad taught me how to jump into like deals or, or take a chance in business because mm-hmm. um, he was a paratrooper when he was in the military. Mm-hmm. So he's always taking me or uh, teaching me. And I, and I thank God for it because I realized not everyone may have had somebody in their life to teach them that, but I want to pass that on and have been passing that on to other women mm-hmm. to not only just jump into your own financial freedom, but also that they can truly have power in their purse if they just start small and just keep building and building and building. Yes. Because, you know, I, I love the the name like Purse Power because, you know, I, there's a um, you see it like a meme and you see different sayings around this. But, you know, mm-hmm. something about, you know, it you 
would rather have what is it buy a, a twenty dollar purse and have two hundred dollars in it than to buy a two hundred dollar purse and only have twenty dollars in it. It's kind of exactly. like, you know how a lot of times we're really distorted in how we take power out of our purse. Right. So we're more concerned about the purse uh than than what what is actually in the purse. Yes. And you know all we have is a pretty bag as opposed to having you know something that's really holding the power of our credit you know our, our credit worthiness the the power of our net worth and the power of us to be able to leverage because you you know you talked about the importance of being able to negotiate well you know if you don't have any money to negotiate you are going to have you know a little bit less leverage at the at the table so having your purse power helps you to uh, to really have that ability to negotiate when you get to the table. Now, because uh, we are, I wanted to just take a moment before we get into. There was a time when your purse, you know, <laughs> your purse was a little, your purse was a little struggling there, which is, which is, you know, how you have learned so much to be able to help others. But before we get into that, I just wanted to bring to you the. This episode was brought to you by C-Suite Women's Network. C-Suite Women's Network offers professional and personal leadership development, strategic planning, and organizational and performance excellence strategies. And in C-Suite Women's Network, you can learn how to bring your ideas into strategies, into execution. The mission of C-Suite Women's Network is to equip women to be the CEOs of their lives, to use their education, experience, and influence to create the lives they desire and deserve. If you want to be a better CEO in your business, you must be a CEO of your life. Get equipped to get the results you desire in your business. Go on over to discovertheceoandyou.com. That's discovertheceoandyou.com to schedule your strategy session. So back to this purse power you know today we are talking about the fact that some of us are doing some financial foolery <laughs> as it relates to our financial decisions and i know you know i ain't the, what is it the, the uh pot calling the kettle black because I, I used to uh i was a female addicted to retail for quite some time myself but you know share with us your story of the time that your polo purse was kind of <laughs> pitiful and how you turn that around to get to where now not only does your purse have power but you're helping other women's purses to have power as well well i tell you sis there was a time where i thought that what i wore i thought what i drove you know car that i drive i thought the type of purse that i did have i thought that meant something Mm -hmm. and always having to show you know look good on the outside mm -hmm. but i was really i had a very low self-esteem i would i would just go shop just to be shopping because i was either bored mm -hmm. or i would go shopping just because you know i was trying to look good for the next event mm -hmm. and not thinking about putting that money into you know the stock market or yeah. oh. or just you know paying off debt because at one time and i'm mm, 
Can I tell you, I had 23 credit cards. Oh my gosh. I don't even, yeah. I, 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 cause you know, I, I, of course y'all I've heard her so, but when she says 23 credit cards, I know your girl had like about 10, but, uh, and I don't even 23. It ain't, it ain't, that's Jordan's number. Number maybe 23, but it was so easy to do because what they do, they prime you to mm -hmm. go ahead and get into debt at an early age. Mm -hmm. Like before you even sign the dotted line going to college, they have all the credit card places on campus, right? Because yeah. my freshman year, I had two credit cards. Exactly. Didn't have nan job, <laughs> no income, but I had two credit cards. Two credit cards. Two credit cards. So we're accustomed automatically mm -hmm. to think debt or to think plastic. Mm -hmm. And so I would go to, you know, time to go shopping. You know, you're like, oh, let me go see what kind of shoes I have. You don't go just buy one pair or, you know, you want different colors or it's on sale. It's only $30. That $30 can end up to be $300. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even in college, it's time to go out, you know, trying to basically what they call keep up with the Joneses. But mm -hmm. I don't really look at it that way. I look at it that it's just it was just spending out of control. Mm -hmm. that, that's really what it was. Yeah. Just spending for no reason. Um, I often had cards that dealt with like some stores, these stores are not even open anymore. Like struck, mm -hmm. I guess they're not. The structure. I remember structure. I worked at they're working, y'all work at structure. <laughs> structure or you know, these different companies that you go and they ask you, do you want 10% off? Oh, okay. Yeah. But they ain't tell you it's a 25% interest rate. Right. 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 And still to this day, I, and I said, you know what? 23 credit cards. And I said, I have, because it was just tired of getting the phone calls, tired of messing up my credit mm -hmm. over a little $20 or $300 limit. Mm -hmm. So I actually took every single card one day and I wrote it down because I really had to see what mm -hmm. kind of pain I was doing to myself mm -hmm. and my mm -hmm. finances. So I wrote them all down on a piece of paper, what the balance was. And mm -hmm. it was kind of ridiculous how some of them started at like a $300 or $500 balance and ended up being $750 or $1,000 and right. you haven't even used it. Mm -hmm. But that's the trap that they actually want us to do mm -hmm. because America is built on debt. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it also boils down to trying to make yourself feel good or look good, but mm -hmm. really that comes from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you, you hit a very important point. And I think, you know, a lot of women aren't really honest, you know, with the the correlation of their self-esteem and their debt, you know, because, you know, I just I just have to put it out there for myself. You know, I didn't have 23 cards. <laughs> <laughs> I only had like three or four, but the balance on them was like ridiculous. But it was shopping tied to self-esteem because, you know, and, and I really had to, to do some self-reflection to to because it didn't do any good necessarily to cut the credit card up because then I go out and get another one or I or I just would spend money other places spend using my debit card or use the cash or whatever, but I really had to look in the mirror and on and honestly understand why was I shopping and like you, you know, it was low self esteem. You know, even though on the outside I was all fabulous, <laughs> you still are. I, yes, I am. Yes, I am. But but no, but you know, but even like on the outside and and you know all of my accomplishments were fabulous. On the inside, right? You know, I was you know just facing all of these just self doubt issues that I masked 
with clothing and appearances and 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 things that I felt were the outward representation of success when truly, you know, that didn't have anything to do with it at all. So I'm with you, girl. <laughs> right. Yeah. So one of my close friends, I asked her one day because she um I noticed that she wore the same outfit to this event. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, um, you know, no, it was no shade, but I just happened to just, you know, we took talk candidly. Uh, and she was like, oh, I mean, her, she has a very nice purse, you know, that she paid, you know, rightfully so, paid cash for it. But she has a lot of, you know, power in her purse. Mm-hmm. She told me, she said, sis, you know, wealthy people don't wear their money. Yeah. But oh, wealthy people invest their money. And that's a, has, that's a hashtag of a moment there. Wealthy people yeah. don't wear their money. Wealthy people invest, invest their money. money. Yeah. That's right. So you can be walking down the street and you see someone that they may have on a pair of jeans or they may have on, you know, I'm not saying don't look good when you go out. Right. But what I'm saying is that you don't have to buy an outfit every single time, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to an event or social media has made it so that people feel like they have to over deliver mm-hmm. for, for something that really is, is, is not necessary, you know? Mm-hmm. And even there was an article that um, I think First Lady Michelle Obama put out. There was this dress that she was wore again, and she was like, "You doggone Skippy, I'm gonna wear it again." Yeah, it cost a lot of money, right? And I think that society, unfortunately, on women because men can wear the same suit the whole week. I know, tie. I know, just change their tie. Yeah. But as women, we I think we tend to kind of look too much as far as like, oh, well, she wore that the last time, or she wore that. Friday and this Wednesday, you know, yeah. stuff like that. We we got to stop putting those um, those stereotypes. You know what I'm saying? That that on people, pressure, right? Right. That pressure on it. And because um, I haven't always, and I still to this day have goals financially. Because I haven't arrived. I tell anybody, I've made some of the worst mistakes. Mm-hmm. I have allowed the wrong relationships where guys take advantage. You know, yes. Yeah. So I have not always been as confident and I'm always, I'm not as confident as I, you know, want to be, but it's a, it's a growing process. Mm-hmm. It's a, And you know, and the first step truly is to recognize, you know, that you have a problem or that there, that there is a, you know, a behavioral driver behind your spending habits. Right. You know, and, and I think, like I said, a lot of times we're not really honest with ourselves about why we're spending the money we're spending. And, you know, I, I, I read a book earlier this year. I don't have it. I don't have it here, but I've forgotten the exact name, of it, but it was about experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it really was a, a great book to read. I read it in January. So it was a great book to read at the beginning of the year. And one of the things that I committed to this year was having better experiences and but not necessarily experience tied to any financial value, but just truly have right. better experiences in the everyday things. Because, you know, for a number of reasons, I'm not traveling as much this year. Mm-hmm. And and I've really had an opportunity to just focus on what do I what truly makes me joyful. Right. Because, you know, from a financial perspective and my spending, I've spent less this year, you know, than I have. Uh, in, in previous years, but I'm more joyful and I've had, I think, better experiences. Right. Well, last year, last year was hard to top because I went to I went to India and I went to Italy. So <laughs> it's a little pretty penny. But what I'm saying right. is 
you know, we have to truly focus on being able to find those great experiences that have that are not necessarily tied to money so that when we do make the purchase, it's just because it's something that we want and we're not trying to make up for for uh, or make we're not focused on the material aspect of it and then don't enjoy it right don't enjoy it at all because you get back home and a credit card bill waiting on you <laughs> right or you to because of a breakup you right. had to break up now you're trying to make up for right right you're not happy right because you know uh because you mentioned just about uh you know the, the effect it has on on relationships and i think that's something that we also have to be very honest with is you know because i know i was so bad you know when especially when i was married you know i'd have all my packages shipped to my office <laughs> but you know women still do it today yeah. and you know and i think about just how bad that was you know just in retrospect because i've done a lot of you know reflective activities and just really looking at you know how i can be a better uh part of a relationship going forward and i, and I look back on that i'm like you know that's just as bad as him slipping if he was slipping numbers or something in right. his, his numbers right. in his pocket or whatever or texting other women or whatever right and, and you know it is something that we have to be honest about and if we're truly going to build you know a relationship together we have to be honest about the money that's right um, but another thing you talked about too that we have to be honest about is being able to protect ourselves in a relationship uh, and and making sure that we know how to take care of money. We know how to how to how to find the money, you know how <laughs> how to how to take care of ourselves so that we're not put in a position of where we don't have any leverage because we don't know anything about money. All we can all we know how to do is spend money. You got to know how to save it and, and all those things as well. Right. So I'll tell you, because I was married before as well and I'm divorced. But at the time it was I remember the pastor um, that that married me and my ex-husband at the time. He The first question that he asked on a piece of paper for counseling was how much money do you have saved? Yeah. Now, that question alone caused you to pause kind of like, well, dang, you know, I, you thinking you getting together with somebody that may have this going on or, or that thing going on. But then you realize that is and, and, and each person had to answer that mm -hmm. because they realize mm -hmm. it takes money mm -hmm. to, number one, run a household. Right. It takes money to put kids in the best schools. Mm -hmm. You know, if you want them to be in the best schools, it doesn't have to necessarily be private school, but your zip code a lot of times determine sometimes right. Whether or not your kids are going to get a really good education. Right. But also, when women are empowered with their own money, for some reason, I think it gives them a lot more security and confidence. Mm -hmm. and, but, you know, there are some that are controlled by money. You know, mm -hmm. if a man controls the money or, you know, the creativity or, or, but nowadays the roles have reversed. Well, a lot of women are making more than the men. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's not to put them down for anything, but the way the scales have, have uh, flipped, so to speak. Yeah. So what I'm thankful that the, the example that my mother said, even though she was a school teacher, she still kept a couple of side hustles. Mm -hmm. And I think that taught me like, okay, you need to have your own money. And right. she had her own credit cards. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she had her own. And my dad didn't downplay that because he realized mm -hmm. she was still a mother. She mm -hmm. was still a woman. She was still an independent woman. Mm -hmm. She was still his wife. Mm -hmm. And it's not that anything would take away from it. 
But mm-hmm. the relationship with money is one of the things that is always continually that I found that I have to really reflect on. Like, mm-hmm. what truly was my relationship with money then? Five years from now, five years ago, ten years ago, when I was married, now that I'm divorced, you know, it's it's so up and down that yeah. sometimes you see and wonder, like, you got to sit here and wonder, like, really, truly, do I have a healthy relationship with yeah. money? Yeah, because it's so funny you mentioned it because I just finished reading a book of sitting by on the floor. It's called Money Makes Me Crazy. Oh, and and, uh, and one of the things that the book explores is, you know our relationship with money and and the fact that most of our money decisions are emotional. And you and I kind of talked about this this weekend yeah. about because we, we had an opportunity to invest in, in, in a coaching yeah. opportunity. And in the past, I have made all of my even my coaching uh, decisions based on emotion. Right. And um, and for the first time, you know, I was able to sit there and just just think through it and not not make a try to make a decision emotionally right and, and i think that that's something that that we have to learn how to do uh is to as i say take our feelings out our finances oh i like that yeah you gotta take your feelings out your finances i know we have some some ladies who have joined us and i want to thank you so much for joining in yes. and i just want to say you know this is a conversation so if you have any questions or you want to come in, you want to want to say amen, or if y'all over there being quiet because we stepping on your toes, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but if, if any of this is resonating with you, of course we do want to hear from you because again, you know that's uh, one of the things that one of the reasons I chose as the the second series. For those of you who have not been tuning in for the first time, Conversations from the C-Suite is a weekly talk show, and you can go to csuitewomen.tv, csuitewomen.tv to catch previous sessions. And we started out with a series on mental health, mm-hmm. and now we've moved into a series on financial health because I want women CEOs in particular to be to protect the power, the powerful asset, their minds, but y'all, we got to have some money. <laughs> we've got to, we've got to be able to make good financial decisions so that our empires are financially stable. So I know, like with with personal, even that. Go ahead. say even the word says that money answers all things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you think about how many scriptures, I mean, those that are believers, like myself, as far as the Bible. I look at how how much the Bible talks about finances mm-hmm. and even still the fact that our relationship with money, but what you were saying about, um, you know, mental, as far as finances, finances are mental because a lot of times mm-hmm. it takes a mindset for us to be mm-hmm. thinking and building well. And, and yeah. it's not, it's not something that's sexy. Like we don't want to put away, you know, this hundred dollars out of our, our paycheck or, you know, this $50 here or there because we think it's too small, but Mm -hmm. it builds up over time. Yeah, it adds up. Because, you know, I just recently, because, you know, I'm I'm in a money, I'm in my, my, I'm building my millionaire mindset. So one of the things that, you know, I've been focusing on a lot is just really understanding my relationship with money and my mindset. And so all the books I've been reading are about wealth, prosperity, because what I want to learn, I want to, create uh circles of influence with folks who have made some money you intended i mean you include uh, so, you know but just because that's how you learn that's how you right. learn but i uh just recently um listened to was it redefining wealth 
podcast by Patrice Washington. Yep, I like Patrice. Yes, and one of the things I love that she talks about is just all these different mind, my, things that influence your mindset and and how you view, you know, actions such as investing and saving, and just how that a lot of times we are seeking wealth with a poverty mindset. Yes, we are seeking wealth with a poverty mindset. And it is so important for us to embrace a wealth mindset. And, you know, my parents, my parents really didn't talk to me about money. You know, know, I knew they made money and I knew, you know, they uh, had money issues or whatever. We never really just sat down and talked about credit cards or wealth or just anything they all you know they did talk to me about the importance of education and getting a good job but not anything in detail beyond wealth building and i think that's so important for us to have conversations and a lot of times when money comes up everybody want to get quiet quiet right and sometimes uh you uh you get it is so funny we have a patrice washington who has joined because it was so funny when she popped, was like, oh my gosh patrice washington here yes but girl you claim that you claim that that you are going to, <laughs> going to uh to, to have that that same level of wealth as well but but you know it's so important for us especially as women to have conversations around wealth and i love how you talked about what was it the um i guess kind of like a real estate collective if you will the pool, real estate pool where um you know women came together to actually um invest in properties and we've got to be willing to collaborate and ask questions because you know in addition to jennifer just being awesome and i love hanging around here i want to learn from her and and learn from what she's doing because i want to be a real estate mogul one day myself so (laughs) you have to connect with people who are doing the things that you want to do or have done the things that you want to do because you know um, there's a there's a wealth transfer in uh, in in conversation transfers, and that's why you want to make sure you have a powerful conversation. Y'all not just chit chatting about um, any old thing, but you know you have some substance. Say one more thing because I know you're trying to talk, but it's it's just so funny. I, I happen to be was I on Instagram or Facebook Live? I don't. Cardi B of all people pops up. <laughs> she had a, a Facebook Live. Right. I like Cardi B. I like her music. You know she kind of. Kind of out there a little bit but but this was a really great conversation she was talking about um the importance of uh of education and not so much as going to college but she talked about her college experience mm-hmm. but learning about business and marketing like your like your professor <laughs> uh helped you with but i thought that was so great for her of all people to be having that conversation because there are a lot of young girls who look at you know her as an entertainer but don't fully appreciate the money the, the business out of her right on that and so it was just really great she was talking like she like in her own voice and her own style but it was some it was some good stuff so we got to have powerful conversation now i'm gonna I'm I'm be quiet for a minute <laughs> no, 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 you're good so what you made me think about was when you was talking about um just the fact of the relationship with money what was not also taught to me was what's the number people say what's the number one book out there mm-hmm. some people think it's the bible but really it's the checkbook hello <laughs> and when you think about it when somebody has told sat down with you and showed you what a checkbook is and does and you know 
I know people don't necessarily write checks anymore, but think about how they have simultaneously caused you to already spend your money before it's in your hand, i.e. direct deposit. Yeah. I.e. having your check automatically, you know, tied to your Visa debit card where you don't even carry cash around mm -hmm. with you because you just swipe, swipe, swipe. Mm -hmm. So mentally it it's it puts you in a those habits that you're automatically like, oh yeah, you know, this three thousand dollars just got deposited on Friday, but you already spent it because you're thinking you don't even see your money. Right. And it's no longer when people actually have your money. You know, my grandma used to have her stacked under the, the, the pillow. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So you can feel your money. So that way you really know how much you really oh, have. Yeah, Brazil. Make sure you keep a 20 on you. Yeah. <laughs> 20 in a hat would get you everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My granny always told me that, but she said that for a reason because people think about it. Mm -hmm. How many times do you ask somebody, can I have $20? Mm -hmm. They don't have no cash on them, mm -hmm. but they got that card. Mm -hmm. It's only gone from a credit card to your, your visa card, but when you don't really feel your money and you don't really know how much money you have, then those habits, you just spending, you know, yeah. because. Yeah, because that, that's one of the big changes that I've made this year is I don't use my credit cards anymore. I only use my debit card because I have to keep up with everything and it makes me more conscious of my spending. Right. And uh, because, you know, I, I'll just say, you know, with the credit card, shoot, a lot of times when that credit card bill came, I was like, I don't even remember doing all of this because I didn't have a system. I just swipe or because my problem was online shopping. Oh my gosh. Online shopping and eBay. I had an eBay problem for a while. <laughs> Competitive. That's why I don't. That's why I don't gamble. <laughs> but, um, but you know, but I w wasn't keeping account of it. And before right. you know it, those balances were like super high. And then I'd be looking like real crazy, like, oh my gosh, how? What am I going to do? And because subconsciously, it's programming you to swipe mm -hmm. because it wants you to automatically live paycheck to paycheck. Because mm -hmm. I think that's you know, that's a life in the pits of hell mm -hmm. that you're gonna see here, live paycheck to paycheck, and. But you yeah. still have people just like think about the 30 for 30 with these athletes mm -hmm. or they get millions of dollars. And mm -hmm. at the end of their career, before the end of their career, they're broke. Oh, right. So that mindset, but it's also the relationship mm -hmm. you know, to money. Right. As much money as you want to. You can put as much money, you know, in the offering or whatever. You still have to have a great relationship. Mm -hmm. and, and it's an ongoing thing. It's mm -hmm. like, you know. Jake talks about having seven streams of income. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about seven streams of income. I'm like, okay. And it doesn't have to be that you got seven different jobs out here or seven different businesses that you're doing. But when you truly are tapping into your gifts and the wealth, because mm -hmm. he says he gives us the power to create the wealth and mm -hmm. we have that in us. But I think oftentimes we just minimize it because we, we don't see it as right now money. Right. It as that gift that we put on ourselves or as women, we give away our talents on things that we should be getting compensated for. Hello. Hello. Right. That's that C-suite. That's yeah, that you You've got to think like a CEO because, you know, th that is such an important point because there are so many of us who feel guilty for charging, 
not only sometimes we feel guilty for charging at all, but feel guilty for charging the value of our services. And we, right. we change ourselves because, oh, this is my gift. Girl, you better get paid off your That's gift. Right. My gift got a value and my gift pays my bills. Right. Because your gift will make room for you, though. Yes. That's the word. Yes. About it. That's that. I mean, that truly is. It's so simple as that your gift will make room for you. But, you know, my saying closed mouths don't get fed. Right. Right. And it's no longer that women going to, you know, hang around or say, oh, you know what? I can do this. But women have been carrying this country, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Not only just women, but black women in particular for years. Mm -hmm. And it's no longer. But we have been, you know, just going down, down, down. Mm -hmm. But we're the most educated Mm -hmm. when it comes to, you know, education or, or, you know, degrees. And those degrees don't equal money. Don't unless let me just say this unless you are going to negotiate when you get to the table, don't 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 be fooled and think you got to give what is uh handed to you because that was the biggest mistake I made. And right. and you know, and here I was a Harvard trained attorney, Harvard, right? I was so grateful, You're so smart. Look at Harvard, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But here I was, Harvard, Harvard trained attorney. I negotiated for other clients now. But when, right. it, when I sat down at that table for my first job outside of, of the law firm, law firm, you get it's a step in lock pro- process. But mm-hmm. when I when I negotiated or when I went to my first professional job where I was an executive, I took the first offer they gave me. And most women do, because one of my friends, Doreen, she used to work in HR. And yeah. she said, that's the biggest mistake that right. women do is taking the first, the first offer. But you better believe when it came time. The second time around, I just didn't know. I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Right. At some point, I don't know. Well, one, I want to make more money. That was that was right. first. I want to make more money. And then I started to research. And then I began to research. Well, for this position, this is the range. And this is the range based on this experience and these outcomes. So when I went back for, I guess maybe it was, I don't know if it was the second or third year, but whenever you know I went back to negotiate for my next uh, raise, I went with the information. Uh, and I said, here is what I deserve based on the revenues of this company, what I do, the experience. And right. I look on my CEO's face like, who told her this? Where she get this from? That's right. and, and, you know, and as the attorney, um, you know, I often I review all of the contracts and all of the employment agreements. And I saw time and time again mm. where women would not ask for an employment agreement. Right. And the men would, because if you got the employment agreement in, it came certain protections and benefits. And and I would just always see the men executives that we would hire and physicians for that matter would negotiate more aggressively. Right. Their compensation and the women, we just grateful. Y'all need to stop being grateful. Right. Get your feelings out your finance. You can be grateful when you negotiate for yourself. That's right. And get what you deserve. Because it's not about anybody giving you anything. It is about you being paid what you deserve. Now, some of it's discriminatory practices. Right. Right. We we contribute to it to a certain extent when we don't ask for it. And right. having powerful conversations like this. Or yes. Help us to know to ask. I didn't know. My parents right. were educated. And think about it. You went to one of the highest institutions at Harvard. Yeah, right. I and didn't know. It's not anything they're going to teach you because the biggest thing is, is that 
when it comes to negotiations, we don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. That's, that's, that's in life. Right. Because how I thought that's, we had to negotiate with clients, but it never, I never thought, I, I have all, uh, I always said that, you know, I negotiated more for other people than I did for myself for a long time. Women do it all the time. Especially black women. Mm -hmm. All the time. Yeah. You know, they put their kids in front of them. They put, you know, their the spouse, which is not, I'm not saying that, to neglect those things, but. But it's just making sure you, you at least at the table, because a lot of times we got everybody <laughs> at the table and we sit in a little kid's chair over in the corner watching folks eat at the table we didn't prepare. Come on, y'all. Come on. <laughs> over that dinner. <laughs> Come on. Right. So, but yes, but, but one but, thing I want to tell you is that um, when it comes to women, I think a lot of us have have started to really wake up and really realize that for many, many years we have sat back and and just said, you know what, I'm gonna go for it. Mm -hmm. you know, what do you have to lose? That's what most men do. Yeah, they don't think about some of the dudes that come up to y'all in the club. Right. They, you know, some of them got to like, you know, I mean, they, they don't care. They don't care what they look like. Yeah. They don't go for it. And, and you know, and I'll they get out. She do it. Tell me, no, we need to be, we need to be like them ugly dudes in the club when it comes to our money, y'all. Right. <laughs> we need to need to not be afraid. And that's that's one of the things that I've just really embraced is is saying is you know I'm gonna ask for it. The worst thing that can happen is that they tell me no. But the really worst thing is that I don't ask for it and don't get it because I never ask. The answer is always no because scared money don't make money. Right. We we say no to ourselves a lot of times before we ever give anybody right opportunity, uh, to to say no. And uh, I just wanted to share what Patrice said. You know, she said, yes, I'm learning. You must make yourself an asset and know what your worth is. Right. And she said, no, Amazon on the list. Too. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> the best thing I have done for Amazon is take my credit card off. I have my debit card on them. But did you know that there's Amazon is one of the fastest growing people uh, uh, companies that's actually showing people how to create a business? Yeah. That's, yes, that's on my list. That is, on my list. that is on my list is how what kind of empire mobile on empire right. uh, how to monetize Amazon because they've helped a lot of stay-at-home moms become wealthy. Mm -hmm. And I want to tell you this quick story. And I was so like, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes. So I'm working with this lady. She's a first-time home buyer. She's in her um like late 40s, early 50s, I believe. She's a single mom. Her son is like maybe 12, 13 years old, African-American lady. So she, you know, been wanting her own house. And we went out looking over the past weekend because right when I got off the plane, I went to go show some houses to her and stuff. And so today she was like, yeah, because you know, she has a career. She has a mom she's taken care of. So she said, oh, by the way, did I mention to you that I'm going to pay cash? When she said that. I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that's what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Because that should give people hope no matter how long it takes. Mm -hmm. If I said that to you, sis, it's going to be less than two years. Yeah. And you know, and one of my goals too, I said, I want to pay cash for my house. That's right. That's right. And you would have never even thought or looked at her thinking, and it ain't, I mean, you know, we're in the threes, almost, you know, up close to four, mm -hmm. but she's doing it. 
cash, mm-hmm. no matter how long. And I'm not saying that, you know, somebody getting a loan is bad. Yeah. But I say that to say is that she did not sit around and wait for her circumstance to be the way it is. Yeah. And she's been saving and she's been working. You know, she sells jewelry on the side. And I said to myself, you know what? That I, I cannot wait till she get the keys, mm-hmm. you know, to her house. And mm-hmm. I said, and that, that actually gave me hope mm-hmm. because I also have on my goals. I want to, you know, pay a house cash and, you know, mm-hmm. buy veterans homes, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to just even getting outside of our own way mm-hmm. when it comes to finances, we can truly bless some people. Mm-hmm. Until we do that, I'm telling you. I, but I cannot wait. But I had to share that with you. Yeah. Um, she has yes. waiting. And I don't know if she's ever been married or not, but I know she's this is her first house mm-hmm. and she's buying it cash. And and you know, and that's a great story to just really highlight that it's all about making those CEO moves. She can't she had a she had a dream about owning her own home. Yeah. Came up with a plan. That's right. She worked her plan and, right. and executed it. And now she's in a position. She has positioned herself. And that's something that I really want y'all to think about the power because you and I talked about this. Position. Yes. Right. Talked about that. But, you know, just the power of positioning yourself for wealth. Right. Because a lot of times we don't truly do that. We don't we don't position ourselves for wealth. And we've got to start thinking like CEOs. CEOs are always thinking about their position in the market. They're thinking about their position relative to their competitors. Not that they're worrying about what their competitors are doing, but they need to know so they know how to position themselves based on their own merits. And as a CEO of your life, you got to do that too. So so we have gone way over. We were supposed (laughs) to all day, all night. But you know, you know, this is a good good topic to be talking about. I get excited when I when I, when we get to talking about money because you know you get ideas, you get encouraged, and you get empowered, and that's what the, uh, conversations from the C suite is about. We want you to to feel something, learn something, do something. So I hope y'all feel feel excited about making money. I hope you have learned something, you know, that has helped you to to think about your relationship with money. Mm-hmm. Think about the relationship between your debt and your self-esteem and be really honest with yourself. Are you buying things to make yourself feel better and then feeling bad about the debt you're getting yourself into? That's right. The thing is, if you are there, if you've been there, don't feel bad about it. Just do something about it. You know, Jennifer and I have shared, we have both been there, you know? Yes. And still on the journey. We still on the journey. Right. You know, because it's still a challenge for me. You know, I love, I love, I have an art problem. I have an art problem. I don't buy I don't buy expensive purses, but y'all, some of the artwork that I have, you know, you'd be like, you pay what? You know, but you know, I use the though. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, but that's how I justify. That's how I justify. <laughs> this is an investment. It's gonna appreciate in value. Yeah, it is, but it still may not be an <laughs> investment at the time. So, but you know, we have to be honest with yourself. So that's something. That I hope you take away from this is, you know, really be honest about your relationship with money, you know, because uh, yes. and particularly for a lot of believers, we we miss here that money is the root of all evil. The right. love of exactly is the root of all evil, and sometimes we love money more than we love ourselves. That's right. Are making uh, financial decisions that are destroying our lives. So we we've got to be honest about it. And then right. 
once you're honest with yourself about your mind, your wealth mindset, because mm -hmm. remember, you cannot pursue wealth with the poverty mindset. Okay. That's right. Then you've got to, to learn uh, how to do it. And I know Jennifer is going to share some information about Purse Power Network. That is one of the tools that is out there. She is going to help us get our powerful purses together. <laughs> <laughs> purse power, some, so that our power, that, that what is in our purse i.e. The, the 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 representation of our bank account is more uh well is it is worth more than the purse itself because i i'd rather carry a little purse from walmart and have a thousand dollars in it than to buy a thousand dollar purse i have done that i have been in the walmart i, I have a shoe problem too and a pandemic <laughs> shoes worried about whether my debit card was going to cover my, mm. my purchase i'm gonna mm. keep and, I, and that's when I said, girl, you got a problem. You got on Jimmy Choose and you Ooh. worry about whether this card going to cover your purchases. You got to get yourself together. So anyway, that's <laughs> but no, you, you hit on something because it doesn't matter the shoe. It doesn't matter the title. Like sometimes people want to throw out titles. Though. No, I would rather wear it, which I do. I wear some of the same clothes. Mm -hmm. I was thankful when um, Now I'm going to tell you because cars, I used to trade a car every two years. And I said, you know what? This is ridiculous because it's really getting me from A to, to B. Mm -hmm. And then I realized some of my other wealthy friends, they bought used cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That out. I said, you know what? I'm paying this car off. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ride it from the Ruta to the Tudor, as they yeah. say. Yeah, my car. Or they, you know, position their business with the lease. I mean, talk to your CPA on that. Mm -hmm. But it is about truly a different mindset with it. But the thing I love about as far as Purse Power Network is to really help women. We have some men, too, because they said they're getting their wallet power. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I hear you. That's right. So just helping women gain financial leverage, no matter where you are from, if, you know, someone that may have been foreclosed or bankruptcy to, you know, credit not being as well, to having great credit and you just want to leverage your credit to, you know, maybe starting with not, you know, little finances or, even just negotiating what you truly deserve mm -hmm. through First Power Network, we really are a sisterhood of women. We support each other. There's you know, no competition because you got different women in different backgrounds mm -hmm. that do th different things. Or even if they're doing the same thing, we are all together on a journey. Like I like to say, we are all sisters on a journey. And First Power Network is just going to help uh, add some additional streams of income. You know, we got ladies in our group that do direct sales. We have ladies that do, um, you know, they're, they're stay-at-home moms, but they still want to create that financial leverage for themselves. Or we also have ladies within Purse Power Network that trade foreign currency with us or do real estate investing mm -hmm. or even those that want to capitalize on their book. So mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what level someone is, you know, they truly can start from where they are and mm -hmm. and and gain financial leverage you know because five years 10 years 20 years it's going to come regardless so it's, you might as well just work that plan now put it in motion you know don't be fearful just take the jump and really truly you know design what your life is mm -hmm. and you know they can actually reach us and you know we you and i gonna be doing some more collaboration things together which yes. i love on the c-suite yeah Yes, so, I think we need some purse power. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they can reach us through um, purse power. Of course, they can actually now I have a free assessment. Is it okay if I yes, tell them? Yes. 
So the first thing we start with all of everyone with is a free assessment, a power assessment. And you can actually get your free assessment. This is my free gift that we actually give. And some of our corporate executives on our team actually put this together. And we want to honor and give it away to all the women and anyone that wants to do it. So you can actually text PURSE to 919-355-3909. And that will give them a free assessment to where they can actually go and see where they are from like A to Z. Yeah, so they text PURSE to 919-355-3909. Or they can also email me, Jennifer at PursePowerNetwork.com. So, so Jennifer at PursePowerNetwork.com. Yeah. Purse so again, you can text PURSE. I got it kind of backwards on the screen, but I'll try and get the number out first. Yeah, no, no, that's great. 919-355-3909. And you can get an assessment because you cannot fix what you will not face. Remember that. Oh, I love that. Cannot fix what you will not face. So yes. you got to face, face oh. yourself. And and uh, tweet that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, post that to D Barnes on that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Jennifer. We could go on and on and on. Just, I know. But but really talking about all those all these different things that really help us to to make those money moves because you know if we want to be CEOs of our lives, we have to be honest. It takes money to do it. That's right. Mindset with money, healthy relationship with money, and we need to develop healthy behaviors so that we can truly acquire the wealth we desire and deserve. So I just want to thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. And we'll have you back on here again at some yes. point. And, and uh, I don't know where, where in the world we'll see each other next. Yes. <laughs> and I really, really, really want to say thank you for all that you're doing to uplift women, um, to celebrate women, to help women, you know, become, you know, the CEOs. Not everyone has the opportunity or had the opportunity to go to Harvard. And you're such a smart, intelligent, just, just sweet, you know, you, you just come from the heart. And I really want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, because the things that you're planning in women when it comes to business, you know, getting, you know, business or corporate life together, it does not go, you know, void. So just know that the women that you're helping and you know what I'm talking about, the ones that were coming up to you that you even know she has a fan club, y'all. She has a fan club. Oh, but that you. just means that you're walking in your purpose. It, it really does. And I just want to say thank you because you don't let the doctor in front of you, you know, in front of your name, put you up on a status where you don't work with women on all levels. So I appreciate you. Oh, well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. That makes me feel good. I, I receive it. And y'all, and one of the things I hope y'all know too, you need to, and when people give you thanks or give you praise, receive it. Because a yeah. lot of times as women, oh, I'm not doing, yes, we are. And because Jennifer is doing some awesome things in her own right. And, and ladies, we have to learn to receive when others see us in our purpose. So I thank you and I receive that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. All right, girl. Well, I will see you. Thank you so much for being okay. with us in the C-suite. And y'all make sure that you text PURSE to 919-355-3909 so that you can get your assessment because you heard it. Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes told you, you cannot fix what you will not face. <laughs> so thank you so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate it. All right, sis. Okay. Okay. 
All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for joining me here in the C-suite. It is always a pleasure to have great conversations. And of course, tonight's episode was brought to you by C-Suite Women's Network, where you can learn how to be the CEO of your life. So, you know, the C-Suite is where women create the lives, careers, and businesses that they desire and deserve. But here, the conversations are more than just conversations. We want to equip you to make money moves. So I hope that you felt something, you learned something, but y'all, you got to make sure you do something. Make your CEO moves. Create those circles of influence. Connect yourself to somebody that's going to help you on the way to the C-suite. Educate and empower yourself for elevation and operationalize what you learn to optimize your outcomes. Because remember, whether you report to the CEO or are the CEO of your own company, you are always the CEO of your life. So embark upon these strategies, embrace them to capitalize your most powerful asset, the power to choose, the power to choose those extraordinary outcomes that you desire and deserve. So here, uh, until next time, I want to just thank you so much for joining me here in Conversations from the C-Suite Live with Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host, giving you the girlfriend's guide to the C-Suite. And remember, though, that the power is not in the conversation, but in the CEO moves that you make. Don't just talk about it. Be about it, baby. But don't wait. Remember, weight broke the scale. Now is the time to do what you know needs to be done. And as I always tell you, your life is the product of your choices. Choose to be the CEO of your life. I am Dr. Stephanie D. Barnes, your host, Conversations from the C-Suite, the Girlfriend's Guide to Being the CEO. And it has been my pleasure. And until next time, choose to be the CEO of your life.